Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another edition of Opportunity Knocks. I am your host, Dean Miller, and today we are diving into the wonderful world of real estate yet again. We'll do a little talk about COVID-19 and the quarantine and what people are doing, avoiding noise, creating opportunities, staying focused. We have a fantastic guest to discuss all of those things today. Somebody who I have yet to meet in real life, but I feel like I know her like the back of my hand some days uh, because she's another one of these social media givers. Uh, lives, spends an awful lot of time in the world of social media, but knows how to communicate. Uh, and I think that's how we we connected. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Kristen Scanlon. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be doing this with you. I know I feel the same about you. I feel like we've met in person, but yep. we haven't, you yep. know, time's just flying, but it's great that we stay connected through the platforms that we have. That's exactly right. And it's, you know, even bef even before the whole stay at home order went into place, you and I have communicated three or four times uh, via Zoom whether it be one-on-one uh, -on -one where I think we did, we did one kind, kind of an introductory conversation we had because we had been kind of on the same path with each other so many times. Uh, you were kind enough to join us on one of the real estate roundtables that we did that I thought was so insightful, and I'm glad to see that you've actually created a working relationship out of that that one meeting. Yeah, uh, and we, yeah, we hope to do more of that, not only within the real estate world, but in the small business world. Um, and I think that's one of the things that you do well is that I, I look at you as someone who's one of those connectors, whether it's mm -hmm. you making the connection between two people or falling in the middle of it and saying, hey, what can you do for him or she do for, for her kind of thing? Uh, I think you've done a great job of that. I think that's why we've kind of built built this this little bit of a friendship that I, I see evolving over time. So I want to thank you for, for that. Um, give us a little insight as to who you are and what you do, and then we'll kind of jump in and see where it goes. Yeah, so I'm obviously Kristen Scanlon. I'm a realtor. I like to consider myself an authentic motivator who – is a mindset coach and one person who loves to host events. Obviously, I did a lot of in-person events, and now I'm starting to change them to virtual. So this last Friday, I hosted a vision board workshop, which was pretty fun. So that's who I am, realtor, coach, and event host. There you go. And and from from what I've seen and what people who I know who have been involved in, in your efforts have seen, you are fantastic at every one of those things. And I greatly appreciate it. Let's talk about, um, let, let's go right into the mindset one, because sometimes that's the most challenging topic to cover. Uh, you know, I mentioned the roundtables. I'm in the process of putting one together with several people who are in that space. Um, professionally, some well-known a little bit in those circles, others who are kind of the up-and-comers. Uh, but I, I love the topic. And I think right now with the challenges, you know, I, I'm not a woe is me person. And okay, I've got to work within the four walls that I have. I can't go out and do the same thing I did every day because it's not right for society for us to go do those things. So I'm not going to sit here and say, woe is me. What do I do? I can't make a living. You know, you got to create opportunities, which is why I use the word so often. It's why we name the show Opportunity Knocks. But let's talk about some of the things that you're doing in the mindset space. And, and then let's see where it goes from there. Yeah. So, I mean, you'll hear me say it often. I'm a believer in the most important real estate is not the, the real estate I sell, but the space that's right here within between my head. Um, and some things that I've been doing is meditating every day, daily, um, listening to my body, listening to my thoughts and seeing what's coming up for me. Some days, you know, it's easier than others. So like some days I wake up, I feel like I'm a savage, I'm winning, I'm productive, I'm overachieving. And then other days I feel like I'm a deer in headlights where I'm staring at a screen. It's like, all right, I know I have to do all these things, but I don't want to. Like, I don't want to. Yeah. And I, I just learned to be gentle and kind with myself and compassionate like identify like why am I feeling this way what's being kicked up for me and I ask myself empowering questions um what I've learned too is you know we set goals and visions in the beginning of the year and we have these ideas and these plans to get them right but it's a mindset to get them so if we're setting stuff that's outcome and result driven maybe now is the time that I needed to learn to shift into more identity-based um thoughts and goals because just because I want to lose 20 pounds, maybe it might be a little bit harder for me to because I'm home or maybe it might be easier because I'm home cooking. But why don't I just change my goal to I want to be a healthy person, right? Like, we, like if we that. change who we want to be versus what we want to have, it, it, it kind of shifts, right? Because if we shift our identity, those goals stick. Sometimes it's a one and done. You, if it's an outcome based, you get the outcome, it's done. And then you fall back to your old ways and habits and you don't change your identity. I like that. It's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a, 
I like that shift and the subtle distinctions you have between, you know, what you have versus who you are. Uh, and, yeah. and I've always, I think that's part of why we connected is that the whole comment about the real estate in between your ears. Uh, and it's like I've, I said to someone the other day, you know, don't allow someone to pay the rent for the space in your, in your head. Um, it's, it's a great way to look at it. You mentioned meditation. It's something that I do as well. Any specific type of, of meditation that you practice and what made you go that route? So about a few years back, I found something called Soul Camp, and I never used to know how to meditate or do yoga or sit still. It just wasn't my being. I was always high intensity, um, but I knew I needed something to ground me and to really help me just like breathe and focus and get myself back to like being present. So I was part of last year, Saudi 365. So I still have access to all of those meditations. It's a program by Patricia Moreno that is now called The Evolution. Um, so she still has that running, but then I also have the Peloton app, which is free for three months. And like, they have some pretty cool, um, meditations on there. There's other apps that I haven't really dove into, but those are like two of the ones that I go to on a regular. And some days I don't use any of them. I just lay in my bed and focus on my breath, like in through your nose, out through your mouth. And like, just like try to focus on my breath. Like now what I've noticed when I wake up, sometimes I have my windows open, I hear the birds more than ever waking up. So it's like so nice to listening to the birds while breathing, while not having something that's prompting me what to do. Avoiding, sometimes it's, it's, it's more about avoiding distraction and, and appreciating little things, you know, and it, it's, it's hokey to say it, but understanding, hearing and seeing the simplest things are the things that give you that clarity and that inner peace. And I love the fact that you use the phrase come back to center because I use it all the time. Uh, even even with my, my, youngest ch- my youngest child, we talk about center and focus all the time. It's great. I, I've been practicing uh, transcendental meditation for on and off for about two years. Uh, I don't know why the off happens because I'm such a I feel like such a better person when I'm doing it twice a day. Um, and I've, I've started working my way back into it. I'm having my struggles, but I know where they are. Uh, and, and that works for me. But I, I think understanding the types of mind space that you need to be in and understand that just because I do this and you do that doesn't make what someone else d- does wrong. Uh, you've yeah. got to find what works best for you. And it's a, it's a long journey. And, and that, I use that word specifically because I think it is, it's a lifetime journey of, of, of constant evolution. Um, and it's nice to see that there's someone else who's got, cause you're a high energy person, but you could see yeah. that, 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 that focus, that center and, and working towards creating and, and finding your own clarity, I think is a wonderful thing. Yeah. And it was like for years, like that wasn't, if I wasn't running and running at an all out pace on treadmill, it wasn't a workout for me. And now I like, even like the other morning, I like my hips felt like just from sitting my hips, my back, everything felt tight. I've been doing a lot of walking, but I said, you know what, let me do the restorative yoga on Peloton app. I know it's not going to burn a lot of calories and be high intense, but like, it's what my body needs right now. And it's just paying attention. You know, for me, it's now I learned to pay attention. I don't push myself. And like you said, don't let others take up space in your head and they don't pay your bills. They don't pay your rent. Right. For years, I would always listen to other people's opinions. And then I would get like, when I would do what they say, I would get resentful and regret it. Right. So it was like, now I'm learning that, okay, people are going to have their opinions and they're entitled to it. I don't have to accept it. I could just in one ear out the other. Right. It's, it's their, it's their opinion. Uh, it, it's your, your opinion is yours and theirs is theirs. And let's keep it that way. It's nice. Sometimes, listen, sometimes we can learn from other people's opinions. It doesn't mean it has to change who we are, but it may change what we do in order to become a better version of who we are. Uh, exactly. and, and that, that acceptance is, is, is a challenge for a lot of people, but it's why I like to talk about it because I'm hoping, you know, I, I say every day, every time I get in front of a mic or somebody actually blesses me with it, with their ears for a minute or two, I just want to, I want to help make a difference to one person who's there. Uh, it's why I, I used to enjoy speaking because I could look at it and say the odds of somebody walking out of that room with a positive impact is better when there's 3000 people as opposed to when there's just three and I'm one of them. You know? <laughs> it's that uphill battle. This, and like, it's, you know, I might hear certain messages you say, and someone sitting next to me might hear the same exact speech you gave, but take away two or three different messages than what I took home. And that's why there's so many different speakers and so many different modalities and trainings and everything, because everyone has a different perception of what they want to take in and what they want to push away. It's like you said, right before we got on the call, you're rereading a book and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, 
process that I do with several books every year. And I don't read from page one to page X and, and it, but I, I skim through books, certain books every year. Tell us about the one that you, you mentioned to me uh, because so I had I'm never read, heard of it. I'm reading Atomic Habits. I don't know if I have it. No, I don't have it right over here. It's in my room, but um, Atomic Habits and it's by James Clear. And it's really about like small, like think about Atomic, right? It's like a micro little, thing. So it's like 1% changes every single day. So he really teaches you to like write out all what you do in a whole day, then go through the habits. Is it a positive, neutral, or a negative, right? If we make 1% little, little changes each day, it's going to make a difference at the end of the year. However, there's something that happens usually in this time with those small changes, people aren't seeing results. So they're getting discouraged and disappointed. And then they stop. They often stop right before the result or the outcome is about to happen. Three feet because from you're gold. You're doing something so small each day. It doesn't seem like it's adding up to a lot until it's like day 30, day 60, day 90. I used to ask, you know, when back, back in my restaurant days, I used to sit down with my staff and we'd have a daily meeting. And I, every once in a while I would say, do you feel that it's possible to improve on something? 1% a day, every day that you do it, not meaning 365 days, you've got to get 1% better, but every day that you come to work uh, or every day that you do a certain task in your own life, do you believe it's possible to get 1% better? Uh, and you know, obviously everybody, most people are going to say yes. And, and I would say, well, how did, how did, how many days would it take you to completely change from who you are and what you do to who you want to be doing what you want to do? And, you know, you'd, you'd get the quick thinker would say, well, 1% a day, 100 days. And I, I, I tried to work through them to say, you know, it wasn't about that because on day 10, you're not 10% better. You're 10.1% better kind of yeah. thing. And that, that kind of, it's kind of like compound, compound interest. Yeah, uh, and that's exactly how he explains it, like compound interest. And then he uses an example. I forget the exact degree Celsius of like when an ice cube would melt, but right. he'll like use an example of you put an ice cube in a room. And say you started out at like 32 degrees Celsius and then you reduce it to 31 to 30 until you hit like 27 or 28 degrees. And that one degree difference, it just completely melts. So it's like the same thing in our life, right? Like it's like these small, subtle changes doesn't impact the ice cube. And you do one, that's it. It turns into water. That's it. You know, whether, whether it goes from gas to liquid to solid, it, it's literally that, that fraction yeah. of a degree of a percent that, that triggers yeah. physical change. Exactly. Uh, So like, you know, and that's really, you know, for me, it it was eye opening because I'm always here. I am. Here's my goals. And for years, I would get so stuck up in the middle of the expectations of where I am and where I'm supposed to be and be disappointed that I wasn't there overnight. Yeah. And now I like learn to just be gentle and kind. And like, even some of my goals now, if I have to shift them, it's not the end of the world. Like if I don't, if I fall a little bit short because of a pandemic happening, I'm not going to beat myself up. Do I truly believe and think I'm going to make them all? Absolutely. Because I love to manifest and like create my visions. And like, I really like, I visualize everything before it happens. Um, But if it doesn't happen, I don't beat myself up over it either. Or if certain things have to shift like vacation right now might be something that might not happen right away, but it'll happen again eventually. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it, listen, it's, it's never the event. It's the journey and the process to get there. And I think that's, I, I think that's one of the things that, that helps me surround myself with people who have a fantastic mindset like yourself. Uh, because I, I, I look at the journey. It's never, it's never the destination. It's, it's the, the process of getting there, no matter how painful it may be or enjoyable it may be when you get to the end of the line, you know, you look and you turn around and say, well, that's it. You know, you more often than not, you'll be dis- disappointed in the destination, uh, no matter where it is that you physically are. It's why I've always I've always cringed when I hear people use the phrase "my happy place." Your happy place, yeah, happiness is a choice. It's not a destination. I I truly believe that. And while other people's mindset says that's the way that it has to be for them, I don't accept that for me. You know, happiness happiness is a choice. I wake up every day like we were joking earlier. It's raining and I'm getting old and I had one drink too many yesterday and my body is sore as hell. But I slowly got out of bed and put a smile on my face and said, yeah, I'll deal with the pain. It's self-inflicted. I'm still going to be happy about it. But you woke up today and that's like a privilege in everything that's going on, right? Like I say it every day. You have to, you know, you'll see me say, is it like, look at the, is it an obstacle or is it an opportunity? Are you miserable or are you motivated? Mm-hmm. You know, and it, 
it's just a mindset of just flipping the switch or flipping the script and that like one little thing. Okay. Like Friday, I did my vision board workshop and I was in such a great mood in the morning. So excited. And after it, you think, I mean, it went well, I think it went really well, probably one of the better ones I've ever done and the most prepared I ever done. But like, I was just like in a mood on Friday night. And I, you know, I said, you know what, I'm not going to let this mood get to me. Like, I felt like I had nothing to look forward to anymore. Like, like life is not what it was once before. And, you know, my sister and I just created something for ourselves to look forward to. And we were like, you know what, let's go to Wolfer Estate and like drive out and they have a wine pickup. We'll like stop and get lunch at a place that we have when wanting to try to eat. We'll eat in our cars. Then we'll go to the wine, pick up wine. Then we'll bring home dinner and then we'll have dinner and wine. at like. So we created something to look forward to when we both were like <sighs> another day in our house. Wah, 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 yeah. You know, like, so it was like, unfortunately it's not much to look forward to right now, but we could create things to look forward yeah. to. And, and you created an experience and an opportunity. And I was a little bit jealous because Robe Keys is one place that I have been dying to get out and try for years. Uh, and I saw, I, you know, I follow, I follow your Instagram stories and I saw that you made the stop there. And I actually, I actually talked to Louis Sell from time to time uh, through direct messenger, but I've never been out there and I've never met it, met him. And we, we, we're joking a little bit because I started this community page where we have this account called if you live here and it's what life would be like if you live here in each of the towns that we work and play in. Um, and, and I, I watch it because I am a foodie, you know, I'm, I'm 35, 40 pounds overweight probably, but I love to eat. And I watched your experience and I know Wolfer, I've been going back and forth to the vineyards out East for years. It, it was just nice to watch that experience at the end of my day after I got home and I'm sitting there wasting time. All of a sudden I'm like, Hey, look, I know her. She's going to places. I like it kind of, it gives you those endorphins that says, Hey, you know what? It's okay to, to smile and be happy for someone else enjoying themselves in a very weird time. Same yeah. And like so many people are like, Oh my God, I think a lot of people are going out there today to do it. They're like, I didn't even know they were doing this. Like I'm going to take a ride out tomorrow. And like to be able to spark that for other people was exactly. fun. And I've never been to rope keys either. Um, my cousin who knows like a restaurant owner in Brooklyn, they all went together and mm -hmm. he's been talking about it. He's a big foodie. So are we, and we were dying to go. And like, so my sister and I, we did curbside pickup. Let me tell you, do it. It's yeah. worth it. Yeah. Um, I brought some food home for my sister and my parents and like everyone loved it. Yep. I, I find myself more and more because of the, the change of environment saying there are places that I want to go to more often. And because I'm not, I, because there are certain limitations to things I can do with work, I'm getting other work done in a much more concentrated time frame, which mm -hmm. actually gives me the chance. I, I drove down to Long Beach two nights ago. It's, it's 35 minutes from my house, 30 minutes, depending on which way the wind is blowing. Round trip, picked up dinner there for the second time since all of this started. So a good friend of mine who owns the place and absolutely loved it. And we're posting pictures and we're getting, we're talking about ideas and, you know, how, how has, how has this challenge impacted his business? And I don't think I'm out of line saying that he looks at this and says there are so many things he could do to change to not only be a better restaurant owner, but be more profitable, have more time for himself, serve more people. Uh, and it's, it's nice to watch open-minded people look at the, the creation of a new opportunity to come out of something that so many people see as devastating. It's so true. Right. So like, you have to like, look at everything as like, how can I grow from this? Cause mm -hmm. I've, you know, I've been talking to a lot of different people. I have a lot of family friends that have businesses and like some people just can't see past the tunnel. Like, it's just like, this is right. my business. It's not going to survive. And some people are like, how do I step out of my comfort yep. zone? Like my dad's a perfect example. He owns commercial buildings in Brooklyn. Okay. One of his tenants, like April 1st was like, I'm moving out. And he's like, oh, Chris, like, I need you to get me a sign up there. You know, like he was like freaking out a little bit. And I said, don't worry, don't worry. You know, you have a really good mindset. You're lucky. Like within like a day of the guy, like the guy moving out, someone goes, hey, is this space available? My dad's like, yeah. He's like, I own a gin distillery, but I was tapped by New York City to make hand sanitizer. I need space to like store all of the supplies in the bottles. And he took my dad's space. And like then my dad thought outside the box because the guy needed even more space. And my dad tapped into his tenant next door and was like, hey, if you guys aren't using the gym right now, can this guy use your space? He'll pay your rent next month. That's awesome. Now, one of his tenants are happy. This guy's happy. And now my dad's rent rolled back in. You know, like it's the land. So, the so if I'm hearing you right, the landlord wins because now he's got, well, well, we'll work backwards. The gym wins because someone's paying their rent for the month. Correct? Yeah. So the yeah. gym wins because they can't do business. Yeah. The landlord of that space, your dad wins because he's got someone paying that and he doesn't have to go kicking yeah. and screaming and saying, hey, you know, I got to get paid a little bit too. The vacant space is full. 
the gin distillery wins, and now the state's got more hand sanitizer coming to them. Yeah, so it's like a win all around. Like you know, and you know, my like we joke because my dad's like, you know, I get it from my dad. He's a giver. Like he's always doing giving, and he'll give you the shirt off his back. And you know, me and my sister laugh, and we're like, yeah, of course this happens, to Dad, because like all the years of hard work and just giving to everyone and doing things for nothing eventually comes back and pays off. You know, that's just like one small example. Um, other examples is like just think of restaurant owners, how they're converting to. Some of them are selling their products as kits so people can make it at home. Exactly. Some of them are selling their produce so people could just like it's like almost like a supermarket at their store. And some of them are now becoming caterers. Yep. Like. You know, they have to think outside the box to like thrive in this market. Um, you know, not everyone's going out of business and I feel bad for the ones that do and maybe they'll get back on their feet. But it's just the other thing like was eye opening for me was this is not our whole like if we're like thinking about and talking about books. This is only one chapter of our book. If that much. If that much. Yeah. Right. It's one chapter, maybe a half a chapter. And like you have to look at this time as is it a time that I complained? Is it a time that I transformed? Is it a time that. I put my head down and just looked at the sand and sat and did nothing. You're not right or wrong for doing any of it, right. but think about as this progresses, how do you want your story to sound 10 years from now when you're looking back at this chapter? That's how I'm looking at it as like, what would I say 10 years from now of what I did? Did I make a difference in the community that I'm in with the people I'm around? I, I put up a post cause I, I kind of had a moment and I turned on the camera and, and Corey, my media director is always hounding me for more and more content and being that we haven't seen each other in weeks. He's really hounding me and he's, and he's right. Uh, but I, I had this moment where I was on a zoom call and two people started to kind of have a separate conversation and I was listening in on it. Uh, and it, it was just like this, wow, blow your mind moment. And I just put the post up on Instagram, either last night or this morning. I don't even remember. Uh, but basically it says, you know, why do we have to go learn all these new things? Why don't we focus on the things that we know and admit that maybe they're good. They're enough. All you got to yeah. do is get the rust off and practice a little bit more. Um, stop trying to reinvent yourself. And Hey, you put that time, effort, money investment into becoming who you are. Why not? put more effort into that and say, stop trying to consume all the, I'm one of these people who loves to learn for the sake of learning, but all too often it just, right. It distracts me from what's the real purpose of what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. So I learned how to do this today. I'm never going to sew clothes and be a seamstress, you know? Uh, um, but I could go learn. I got, I got a sewing machine sitting on my dining room table that my daughter wants to learn how to use. I could learn and help teach her. That would be a win, but I'm not going to become a tailor. You know no, I, mean? I agree. It's like, you know, it's so easy to get up in the trap of like, and I've been trying to pick and choose like what I want to learn. Like I do want to learn, like I know Canva, I do want to learn like Adobe Photoshop and do certain things so that if I don't want to spend money on having someone else do my graphics, I could eventually do some of it. And I, you know, I do a decent job. Like I created a video on one of the commercial spaces I have for rent by myself and it didn't come out terrible. Like I could do it if I put time and effort into it. It's like riding a bicycle, right? When you don't use it, right. you lose it. And when you're doing it, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's been interesting because I get consumed in learning too. Like the first week of this, I was on Zoom after Zoom after Zoom. Like, how am I going to get out of this pandemic? Like, I need to learn as much as possible. And like now I like, all right, let me see the topics. I pick and choose because I need to do things for myself too. I need to like service my clients. Um, and it doesn't mean that I, you know, you have to invest a lot of money in things either and right. buy all this stuff. You know, like I was looking for ways to pay back to the community and like, you know, I was like, all right, like I could spend this much money. And then all of a sudden, like I, I thought of the idea of being the Easter bunny and I, like, that was like, I'm glad you went down that path. Keep going. Cause it was coming. You know, up. That was just like, you know, here I am, like I'm seeing all of these people and like the prime example of overwhelming anxiety, like everyone's paying back to their community. I'm a realtor. I need to be a community. And like, I just literally sat to Kay and I was like, Kay, what can I do? What, like, you know, I could cook food. I could get food. I could raise, I'm very good at raising money. I could do all these things, but I don't want to do it. I want to do something that I'm giving back to them, my community, but I'm also having fun and it's bringing me joy too. And then I was in my attic. I saw the bunny costume and I was like, oh, like my nephews, I feel so bad. They're not going to have the Easter bunny. So at first, this really did not even start about like my community. It was, I'm going to dress up as the Easter bunny on Easter and go see my nephews as the Easter right. bunny. I'm like, have them all excited because they're three and five. And then all of a sudden I said, wait a minute. So I called my sister. I was like, all right, would you be up for this? Because obviously someone has to drive me around and I have crazy ideas. Sometimes people have to scale me in and she's like, all right, I'm in. And that was it. Like the idea sparked off. And then like, we just put it into play. Like I, I posted a Google form for people to sign up within six hours, 75 families signed up. 
<laughs> it was like insanity. And then like, I think we wound up servicing 115 plus families that I know about that signed up on the Google form. And then people were bringing their friends to their block. So it was definitely more than that. And then we were in 35 different neighborhoods over the course of five, one, two, three, five days. Yeah, it was all, it was awesome to watch. And I was, I was so happy watching it evolve uh, and, and having a chance to talk to you a little bit right before it started to hear, hear the level of frantic that was going on in your head, but then to watch it actually happen and see your re like, you know, givers give, but they're also the ones who win. I win the most, I think. And I, I, I looked at that whole experience and I saw the pictures of the kids and some of the videos. And at the end of the day, for selfish reasons, I think you won more than anybody else that was out there. Uh, yeah. And it was, it was so much fun to watch and you deserved every bit of that happiness that you got out of it. I'm glad you got some time. Yeah. I came home the first day. My sister's like, are you crying? I was like, I am. Like, I was like, like, I actually have tears in my eyes now. Like just thinking about like how happy these parents were, yeah. the kids, like, you know, it was hard for me. Cause I was like, the kids wanted to come up and hug me and yeah. I'm a hugger. And I'm like, man, I, I have a mask on. I won't get sick, but I also didn't want, you know, it was like the whole, what other people would think. Like if these kids hug me, like, and someone posts a picture, am I the bad, you know, it's like good cop, bad cop. Like, you know, we're living in a society of like, everyone's watching every move you do. But I mean, I was so emotional. Like, like, and Mario said it too. He's like, he messaged me. He's like, cause I texted him. I was like, do you want me to FaceTime your son? Like whatever. And it wound up not happening, but he was like, you know, I think you're having like, you know, this is going to build business for you, but like, I don't even think you're realizing what it's building for you because you're so happy to do this for other people. You know, you know what it did for you and the biz, the business will be a byproduct. It built brand, yeah. it built brand for you. It, yeah. it's, it's gonna, you know, and the conversation wasn't going to go down this path, but I think it's worth it. I, I think it built massive brand equity for you, uh, because mm -hmm. it shows the person that you are and you, it puts you, it, it will position you to the point where you don't have to sell yourself. It's yeah. listen, this is who I am. It's what I do. And these are the people that I'm going to choose to do business with. And yeah. I think when, when we look at things as small business owners, which is what we are in this industry, in, this, in the sales industry, uh, you have to build the brand of you. And there's going to come a time where there are going to be clients that you don't want to work with because they're not a good fit for you and your values to come full circle on the book we were talking about uh, the, other, the other day. Um, my friend Tom Keenan's book, which I'll send you a copy of, um, called How to Un-F Your Business. And yes, he does put it up there on, oh. but it's all about core values. And, and I think when you know who you are and what you stand for, it, it creates that position for you to win every time because you're going to attract people who appreciate who you are and you're going to repel people who don't like that. And that's, I, that's okay. We don't have to be all things to all people all the time. We can pick and choose our battles. No, you know, it's 110%. Like if you would have asked me like, over the summer, like where I was going and what I was doing. And like, you know, was I repelling people out of my life? I, I wasn't like, I was in a bad place this summer. Like many people probably don't even know it, but like mindset wise, like I was at an all time low, but yet I was still trying to like find where I belong, find what I should be doing. Even though I, I joke, cause I'm like the little girl that's still in high school that has to have everything figured out to realize like, no, Kristen, you're not going to have everything yeah. figured out. You have to figure it out as it goes along. Um, and what's so, important. It's not necessarily, you don't have to figure everything out. You have to figure out yeah. what's important now and that's it. And what would have bothered me over the summer now, like things that are happening, like it's like brush off my shoulders onto the next. And, you know, I really like my thing is like, and I said to Kay, it's like, for me, it's like doing real estate is not so much about the house for me. It's about the experience, the people. Like I love kids. I love families. Like, you know, even being around the families and kids is more fun. Like where my sister Kay, she loves the house. She loves decorating the house. So like she gives the clients that experience and I give clients the emotional mindset and a different experience. So like we really are like each other's better halves when it comes yep. to this. Is there's, you know, when, when you look at real estate transactions specifically, there's emotional giving and there's emotional taking yeah. and, and not that either is good or bad or right or wrong, but you're, you know, you look at you, that's why I think you guys make a good working partnership is that you like to give and experience that emotion with the people. Your sister gets the emotional benefit from doing the things yeah. that will make the people comfortable. So you do need that give that constant give and take. And I find that to be a positive way to look at it for so many people who don't realize it, that em emotion is, is a give and a take, and you've got to be willing to do both. 
Yeah, no, it's hard. And I like, I have to learn how to receive it. Cause that's something that like, I still work on. Cause I'm always good at giving, but then when it comes back to me, I'm like, wait, like, I don't know how to handle it. Yeah. And that's the part that I work on. And, and that's, and, and one piece of advice I will give to you is just learn to acknowledge it. Don't necessarily learn to accept it yet, but acknowledge that it's there. And then realize, like we were talking earlier with, with your dad, how good things just happen to him. Yeah. You know, your dad's an overnight success. I'm sure he's been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years, uh, yeah. worth, worth of work to turn into that overnight success. And I think acknowledgement is one of the things that people miss when you talk about give and take acknowledging mm -hmm. that something is good or bad or that just that it is and yeah. not, not pigeonholing it and saying this is good or bad because you know, that, that some, something out there could be good for you today. You know, there are certain drugs out there that are very good for people who need them, but they're also very bad for people who don't, you know, to, oh, to take it a totally different extreme. So it's that yeah. acknowledgement of it. I agree. I agree. Cause what's good for one, it's not always good for all. And you'll always hear me say like, I love teaching into Saudi and doing different things, but it's not for everyone. Right. It's not. And it's okay. Like, I'm not like, you know, there's different modalities, different trainers, different careers, because every career is not for everyone. It's a perfect, think, it's a perfect, it's a perfect segue. Cause I know you're passionate about it and I wanted to give you a chance to talk about it. It's intensity. Intensity. So like in I N T E N, like the word intent from intention. Right. S A T I, which is Saudi, which means mindfulness. Okay. And this is something that you have become very passionate about over the last few months, year, year and a half or so. Is that it? Yeah. So I actually got trained to be a leader probably, it was like three or four years ago, but I didn't really do much with it. Like the minute I took a class in soul camp, it changed my life. Like I was like, corporate world needs this. Cause at the time I was working at Con Ed when I went to soul camp and I hated my job. Um, I love the people, but I hated my job okay. and I love the security. But when I took the class, I was like, the world needs this public accounting needs this Con Ed needs this. And I was like, I have to get trained in it. And then when I got trained in it, the fear of not being good enough, not knowing it perfectly, not like loving my bot. Like there were so many things in my head that told me I can't teach this and I'm not going to be good at teaching this. So I kind of just really kept the practice to myself. And like, okay. I would do it for myself, go to classes when Patricia Moreno would teach in the city. I was always involved like in leader training, volunteering. And more and more, it was like, Kristen, you need to just step into your power. You need to be the leader that you are. You need to share with others. And this year, I made the commitment that I was going to practice every single day because for the past couple of years, I would try to do it and my musicality would be off. Like you're doing movements while saying affirmations while listening to an eight count beat of music, okay. right? So it would be like eight, seven, six, five, four, willpower. And I do the move and then I have to like count eight and then it's like, I am powerful beyond measure. So doing all this was like really overwhelming and confusing and I couldn't get the beat down. So I kept... I wasn't going to pass the sort of the verification. I was certified, but not verified. Okay. So this year I really made the commitment every day, one block, I would get up, videotape myself and send it to an accountability partner. And I did it for over a month straight. And I said, you know what? One day I was like, let me just submit the video to Patricia and see if I like, I got it. And guess what? Like she called me like a week later. She's like, I am impressed. Like you, you did it. You passed. You're verified. And I was like crying. I was excited, but like it shows that something that I thought I would never get, and I would just be certified, not verified. Like if you put the work in and the grit, you could do the hard things. So this is kind of like a full time side hustle thing for you. So the the program itself is kind of a physical, mental, and spiritual training program all rolled into one. Is that yeah. fair? Okay. Yeah. And is it kind of just in case anybody wants to learn more about it, is the kind of thing where you physically have to go somewhere and do it? Is it an online thing? Is it, is it? So, I mean, if you want to do leader training, I don't know how they're going to be doing it this year. Like I the leader training is like a full weekend, but like for me teaching it, I was teaching it at a studio in Brooklyn. I know a studio in Roslyn wants me to teach, but when things open up, I'm going to be doing it once a week again, back on Facebook live and probably going to open up zoom classes where people come. I'm not going to charge if anything, make it donation based because you know, it's a time of giving. So if people have it, they want to give, if they don't, that's okay too. I, I want to be able to give them the support that they need to like build that power yet, muscle. Yet, yet another thing I think we have in common. I look at you saying, I want to do this and I'm, I'll do it for free and come from a position of giving and everything else. 
be selfish and admit the fact that, you, that the minute you get a chance to teach that you're learning more than everybody else who could, who, who you're teaching at the same time. I am yeah. because it's interesting, right? Because I mean, I know the series I learned on inside and out, which is like the, I belong series. And like okay. that series always was like near and dear to my heart because how many of us at some point in our life felt like we didn't belong. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, I related so much because in seventh grade, I was made fun of for being overweight, which like spiraled so much down my path of like where I rolled down. But, you know, learning the new series are tough, like not knowing the movements and not knowing the affirmations and then trying to intertwine music to go with it. it it's difficult. So it's, it takes a lot of prep. It looks easy and seamless when it's done. Always. And then having a talking piece for people that they could relate to, like thinking of stories, like you don't want to just get up and teach a class and like get right into the movement. You want to share an ex- a story and experience that people can relate to so they could feel it within because once they start feeling and then they start moving, it becomes an experience versus just another workout class. I love it. And it, you can, you can hear the passion for it that comes from you. And it, it's, it's, it's one of the things that I enjoy. It's why, why I enjoy spending time with you because you know, it's like, I want to, I don't want to go put my head through a wall, but I hear the stories about being the overweight seventh grader. And I was kind of built, you know, a couple of years back. I don't know if everybody remembers Weebles, but I was kind of built like one, kind of like eggs that balance, but you can't, you can't knock them over, but they're round. Uh, <laughs> so I, I get that feeling. I can, re- I can relate to it. Um, I, I love it. So, You've got you've got your physical, mental, spiritual training that you work on and that you're giving with. You've got your sales. You've got this giving personality. Let's talk a little bit about what inspired the vision board workshops, why you do them and who you do them for. So originally it was kind of something that like I always wanted to do a vision board and it was something that I've always wanted to do and I didn't really do much, but I was really, really good at writing down my goals and manifesting and making things happen. Um, like example, I wrote down, I'm so happy and grateful now that I own my dream home by March 31st, 2017. I wrote that down on January 14th at an event. And I also wrote down on that same event, I'm so happy and grateful now that I created my dream job by November 30th, 2017. So it all started around that time where I started learning how to write something down, plant the seed, and it was going to grow and become my reality. But after I wrote those two things down, it was like a set it and forget it because I'm really good at writing things down, but I don't always follow through. And then all of a sudden, January 26th came and I went to a for sale by owner appointment to get the listing. And I was like, I want this place for myself. But like I put an offer in on the spot, which is like totally not like me. <laughs> but like when I want something like that's it, there's no stopping me. And I wound up that was January 26th. The offer got accepted two days later. I closed on my property March 15th, 2017. And then all of a sudden I went back to write my goals again. I'm like, oh my God, like this, like it was kind of, I sat it, forget it. And I really didn't make a plan and it happened. And I was like, wow, this is fun. Like, let's like experiment some more with this. And then I wrote the career one, but it was kind of like, eh, my job's not changing. I got a new manager. I was working at Con Ed at the time and I was not happy. And I was like, like looking for loopholes of what I could create, who I could become, do more of what I love. And then I created a new position for myself there. And then not only did I create a position for myself there by November 30th of that year, I created a position for myself at my previous company before I, you know, my first real estate company, which was Exit. I created a position for myself there. Both of them were created by November 30th, 2017. So I said, all right, if I could do this, I could create this for people where it doesn't sound too woo woo. Um, Cause my sister calls me very woo sometimes. Okay. And I was like, let me come up with something that, might not sound woo, but I can help other people achieve their goals and like actually visualize their visions. So I started putting together the vision board workshop and I did it more for fun and just as a connection and a gathering to get a bunch of friends together. And it took off like a wildfire. Like it was like crazy. Like I booked the first one at Coffee Lab in Whitestone. It sold out. Then a a broker in Westchester asked me to do it at his office. About 20 something agents showed up at his office to do it. Then I, my friend owns an electrical company. She wanted to do it for her friends. That event sold out. Then I just did the online one um, for the first time virtually. 27 people showed up. You know, mainly it was first for realtors. But then I was like, let me expand it to other people because, you know, a lot of people want to have goals and visions and manifest things, but they don't know where to start, where to go or what to do. And 
for me, it was just teaching them to plant that seed and like water it and like watch it grow. That's it. And it's, it's not, again, it's not a destination. It's a process. And it's the kind of thing where, um, you know, I've, I've never taken that true vision boarding to the level that you have, but in my head, I've, I visualize what it is and I see things fall off of mine and come back onto it or, or completely disappear because either I've evolved into something different than I was when I first did it or, or I, or I was blessed to be able to, to attain that goal. Uh, and, yeah. and I, I love the fact that, that you, you do these things so regularly, um, because I, I see it helping you evolve into a bigger and better version of, of what you keep talking about, which is good, which is a, a huge win. It is. Cause like, you know, the virtual one, I feel like was a lot more prep work than it was. And then the in-person one, because I think in the in-person one, even though you prep some stuff, a lot of the stuff you prep doesn't become the reality of it because like the in-person one naturally takes its own action, right? Mm-hmm. People start talking together, grabbing boards, grabbing magazines, grabbing scissors, doing where the virtual one, it's like all eyes on me. I'm talking, I'm watching you all. Some people have their screen on, some people have their screen off. And I'm like, oh, like there's certain things that like now kinks that I know how to work out, but only like two or three things that I could think of to fix. Um, however, it was interesting because how creative everyone got with this. I thought I was going to get so many objections. Like everything in life is transferable. Real estate has objections. Yep. Dating has objections. Vision boards have objections. Like everything is really the same. You just have to learn how to like maneuver it. So I was like, oh, everyone's going to say, I don't have magazines. I don't have a board. I don't have paper. I don't have glue. I don't. And I was waiting for it. And maybe one or two people gave me objections. And then everyone else, like everyone's tagging me on it. Cause John Rios and I decided to like, whoever tags us, will enter them into when like a planner that John was using and telling people and they got so creative with it. Who used Canva? Who used Microsoft Word? Who like, you know, like, and I love everyone's creativity because I think the online ones are actually even more creative than the magazine ones. Really? Because you have like, you could actually search for what you want opposed to just shifting through a magazine. That's true. Yeah. You could, you could be much more efficient with your use of time. Yeah. So, I mean, like both process, it's both different, right? Because then sometimes you're shifting through a magazine and you get different ideas of what you want. But you know, it really depends. I mean, I mean, at least I was able to do it. That's what was exciting. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's what it is, is, you know, you, you got to do something that you were passionate about. 27 people got this, got to see the benefit of it. Hopefully they all got something major out of it. Uh, but I'm sure at a minimum, at least one did. And, and that's, that's the beauty of the whole, of the whole package. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that you keep doing this stuff. I could go on and on. I'm just afraid that if I open too many more doors, we're going to be here for four five, six hours. Uh, so I want I want to respect your time. Um, let, let's go down one last path, which is how, how we met through the wonderful world of social media. Now you are a full-time professional realtor. You have a, your sister is your partner. You're, you just moved companies not long ago. Your business is, is growing and evolving and improving from what I can see from a distance, uh, and very commendable. But let's talk because, because I am obsessed with all things social media and I, it's, it's how we met, uh, through, I don't, I, I don't know if it was through Mario or just through random people because the real estate world, no matter how many of us there are, it is still kind of tight knit. Um, so we stumbled across each other, I believe somewhere on Instagram through somebody else. Um, tell me a little bit about what you're doing with your social media, a, to build your audience, B, why you're trying to build that audience, who that audience is, why you're trying to build and connect with them and some, some tips and tricks as to what you've been doing, because I love the flow and the feed of what you guys have been working on. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of things, right? Like I don't have a set, set plan on it. Like I'm learning as I go, you know, I didn't go to school for marketing or any of this. It's kind of like, I kind of pick and choose. Right. But I also, our social media, A, I have the Real Estate Sisters, and then B, I have my own page. The Real Estate Sisters, like, I want it just to, like, be, like, a day in the life of what Kristen and Kaylin does, right? Storytelling. And stuff like that. So, you know, we try to share stories of things we're doing on the day-to-day. Like, yesterday we posted we went to Wolfer Estate, but we also use um, snippets of properties we have listed, properties we have sold. Um, we try to use it as learning experience and come up with ways to teach people like, Hey, if a client had a problem with this, instead of like saying this client had a problem with this, we kind of break it into educational pieces and nuggets for people to learn from so that they have the aha. So it was actually funny. We had a closing last week and one of 
the buyers, I think, told Kay that she bought furniture and Kayla like got really silent and she goes, no, 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 no. I remember you guys already told me, don't put it on the credit card. Don't worry. We didn't put it on the credit card. But like Kayla was like, I thought I was going to have a heart attack on the phone, you know, but doing these little nuggets of information really, really are helping people learn. Another thing I do is on my personal page, I really come from a place of experience in giving. I'm an open book. I'm very vulnerable. Some maybe say too vulnerable and too open. I give too much information about my life and who I am. But for me, it's, I know others sharing evolved me. So if one person could get something out of something I share, I hope to like help them evolve. Um, so I do a lot of that. I, I don't like to use the word should. I want to like plan more and be more mindful about how I post. At one point I was, I was planning things out. I had a rhyme to rhythm and then I kind of lost track of it. Now being home more, I'm doing things as I could do it. You know, like I'm not beating myself up. I'm not overachieving. I'm not underachieving. I'm doing things. I'm keeping active. But what I'm really using social media for the most right now is to stay connected with people. It's a simple, hey, I saw someone post their kids. Hey, how are you and your kids doing? Checking in with them. Um, it's an easy way to connect with people. It's an easy way to say hello. It's an easy way to just reconnect. Like I got reconnected. One of my buyers that's in contract right now is a girl I went to grammar school with who I haven't spoken to since grammar school. Okay. I switched schools in seventh grade and I kind of lost touch with a lot of my friends from K through six. And two girls reached out to me from my grammar school experience that now I'm reconnected with. And like, to me, that's so important because it's bringing back memories from my like childhood, but then it's also me being able to help them maybe buy a house, maybe with mindset, right. you know, it, it's either or. So it's nothing right, wrong or indifferent. Social media is great because it connects you with a lot of people, helps you market, helps you also just like put positivity and good messages out there. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny you say that there was somebody, somebody started a group on Facebook about a month ago and I, it blew my mind. St. Anne's class of 1983. That was the elementary school I graduated and it just blew. And then all of a sudden it was like, wow, I'm talking to people. I haven't seen some of this or heard from some of these people since 1983. And all of a sudden we're following each other. We're connecting, we're chatting, we're talking. Uh, you know, I've seen a couple people say, Oh my God, I didn't realize you do this. Can you help me with that? And I, I just think it, it, it's, it's it, the one thing that I focused on when all of this happened was how do I stop the noise outside of me? And how do I become, to go back to where we started with this to come full circle, how do I become more centered and focus on doing things that are just good things? Yeah. Uh, and and I, I, it, it blew my mind that that happened. I look at the conversations I've been having and how many new ones have been stirred up uh, and the beauty that has come from all of it. Uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm excited to get back on for a few minutes a day to see who's, who's where, did someone else join us? You know, there, unfortunately there's been some, yeah, this one passed away or that something happened to that one. Uh, but that's life. And, and, you know, that's what keeps you grounded and centered as well is that not everything is warm and fuzzy and, and kumbaya. Yeah. And that's been like, I don't, I can't even tell you the last time I turned on the news since probably the first week of this yep. all happening. And some might call me naive and living in a bubble, but it's a choice for me, right? I could sit there and watch all this stuff. I mean, look, if something happens near and dear to me and the stuff that is happening to people that I know, like one of my old neighbors because of Facebook, like I knew he was in the hospital. So I was able to tell my parents, hey, like so-and-so from our old block was in the hospital. Like, you know, you want me to say right. anything? You want me to reach out? You know, it gives you like opportunities to be able to check in with people and connect with people. But, you know, I can't sit and feed myself with the negative yeah. energy all day long. Like it'll just make me stir crazy. It will make me not a good person. Yep. Um, well, and then let's, it, let's kick, let's kick that negative in the ass right now and wrap up and let's, let's go out on a positive note. Yeah. What is it? What is it you're looking, you know, I'm going to ask one more question and, and then, and then move on because I'm curious and it's way out in left field right now, but do you know who your target audience ideal client is? For speaking workshops. Period. Um, Period. I do like, I want to empower women and realtors because I think I know people say to focus on one thing, but a, as a realtor, there's so many moving pieces that mentally get us down where I know I could help pick back up. And then as women and like teenagers into like, even like your early adulthood years, I think women struggle so much with body image um, issues, like confidence issues, 
and learning to just empower people to feel good no matter what, because you'll hear me say now I'm the heaviest I've been, but the happiest I've been. And it's something that just didn't happen overnight. It's something I've become. And it's something that I've worked really hard at becoming like, you know, like so many people have been complimenting me. Like you're so confident on video. Like when I did Intensati on live, I was not confident. I was nervous. I actually was supposed to do it for 30 minutes and I only did it for 15, but I was proud. I actually celebrated that I even got up and did it for 15 and didn't bash myself that it wasn't for 30. You know, I could have found the negative in it. So those are my two paths for that. When it comes to real estate, um, my sister and I love first time home buyers. Love, 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 because it's such a fun experience to cheer people on along the way through this process because it's scary right? Like, and I like coaching on the mindset of, all right, like, how do we like uh, manifest and visualize your perfect house? Like, what do you want in it? Like, let's walk like a day in the life of your new home. So I do a lot of that work with the clients. And then we also like, um, you know, people that have families and they're like now growing out of space. So we get to sell their house and then help them find their new one. So like, those are like the two areas. Like we love working with families too. Yeah. It's, 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 one of the most rewarding parts of, of the business is being, of being a salesperson. And I take great pride in using that phrase salesperson, because I think we can, we can have the, the power to have such a difference in people's lives by guiding them through the process. Uh, and to use a word that has not come up once during this conversation, but one that I obsess about is you are the epitome of a guide, in my opinion, whether you realize it or not. And I think that is one of, for, at least for me, it's one of the most rewarding things you can do. Kristen, I'm, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. You've definitely led me down a path where uh, I'm going to I'm gonna take the headphones off here, head home, uh, clean up, and before dinner get on that Peloton and break a sweat for a little while today because you've kind of inspired me to do a little. Even if it is raining and my arthritis is ki- ki- killing me, I'm going to get up and do that. I can't thank you enough. I, I, I hope to get the opportunity to do this again with you uh, because I think it, it's so eye-opening for so many people and, and you've got such a wonderful message uh, and, and you a fantastic personality and you make a difference for people that I, I want to be able to get that message out there for you, whether it's doing it this way or, or helping promote something that you're doing. You're an absolute superstar and I'm, I'm honored and blessed to be able to call you a friend and I look forward to the day where I actually do get to see you and give you that hug in person uh, because it, it is, you know, it's the old school, you know, I grew up with fit parents from Brooklyn, we hugged everybody. Some of them we punched in the back of the head while we did it, but you hugged everybody. Yeah, that uh, in common. Both of our parents are from Brooklyn. That's right. That's right. So <laughs> listen, I want to thank you so much for your time. We're going to link up your contact information. I'm going to put some of the things you talked about in the show notes when we get it up on the website. Uh, so if anybody has a need, I am Kristen Scanlon with a couple eyes uh, in, in the first name on Instagram. Uh, if nothing more, it's, it's fun to watch her tell her stories and live her stories. You're a fantastic person. I thank you so much for bringing such great value to the show today. And as you know, if there's ever anything we can do to be of help to you, I'd look forward to the opportunity to share and give in any way that I possibly can. Thank you so much, Dean. I appreciate it. And you know, I'll be reaching out because I love phoning friends. Especially you got in time need. Without that, well, I, I got your address. There'll be, there'll be a box in the mail for you in the next day or two once, uh, once I can get down to the post office. So I look forward to sharing some of those messages with you as I well. I can't wait to share what I learned from what you're sending. You got it. Have a fantastic day, my friend. Thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you made it through the hour, I, I, am, I am blessed and so appreciative of it. If you like what we do, give us a review, give us a comment so we can get more and more of the, that word out there to other people. If you're curious about being a guest on the show, or learning how we do anything that we do, feel free to connect. It's what we do. We're here to support. We're here to help. We're looking to connect and make friends with everybody we can. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Opportunity Knocks Podcast. We'll see you soon.